Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. Happy New Year to everybody. Jeremy and Gretchen, welcome to the show. Hello. Hey, hi there. Can you believe it's 2023? I no. Mean, no. 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 Uh, oh, we didn't just, have much uh, of a New Year. So, I mean, it was all kind of dark and cold yeah. and cold. Yeah, well, you know, a lot. I know your power was out for like three days over there. And it just, uh, there's been a lot of reports. And plus the storm that he had. Oh, thing, this was definitely a very interesting holiday season, to say the least. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, it just, uh, you got to look at the good part of hey, all of that. Now and, uh, I know what it's like to live on Hoth, okay? Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but at, but at the end of the day, it just seems like it went by very quick in a way. And um, can't believe that we're here. So this is uh, our season five. This is actually the 10th year of user-friendly. The year of user-friendly <laughs> 2.0. It's a little weird to think that too. We got a new website and all kinds of new features that are coming this way to celebrate our 10th year. We'll be talking about that a little later in the show. That's at userfriendlyshow.com. It's now your one-stop place to be able to go and get all of the information you need. Also look at all the back episodes and uh, different things like that. Gaming in depth with Bill Snodgrass is going to be coming back this year. Cool. And we're going to be looking at doing, I'm not exactly sure what the deals are on that, but I know we're going to get at least one episode. So I'll be very curious to see what that is. And the, past season of that is also available on the website if you want to check it out and uh bill don't edit out that because people are interested uh, yeah <laughs> yes bill snodgrass <laughs> is also our editor and, and sometimes things get clipped so there you are <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. so one user friendly on facebook and twitter we're also on tiktok this year check it out there we are on linkedin we're doing a lot of the social media stuff and the way to get to all of that as well as Tech Wednesday and our articles, again, is all at our new website, userfriendlyshow.com. Like I say, the one-stop shop. We're always going to be doing some kind of cool things this year. We're going to be having call-ins. So we'll be mm. letting everybody know how that's going to work. Now, we don't air live, so we're going to have a time that anybody that's a listener that would like to call the show can. And just know that you're not being recorded live either. So if something goes off the rails, it's not like you're stuck with it. The one thing about recording is you can always retake things. Yes. Not that we ever do that, but, oh, uh, you know, it can no. happen. So it shouldn't <laughs> have to. <laughs> so we'll be giving you a lot more detail on that as the as the year goes by and things happen here. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's kind of cool to be there. So what do we have in the news for the first time this year? Well, apparently, robotics program taps into childlike wonder. Yeah, so we're seeing this a lot more in our schools and things, electronics, robotics, in this particular situation being specifically focused on. I kind of wish I had had this in high school. I'm Me glad too. Oh, yeah. They have it now. Yeah. So they're using Lego robots. This is a thing where they're having this available to kids. This is out of uh, Jackson Hole High School. This is in Wyoming, of course. And kind of a neat program to see coming out of this. They founded the robotics program back in 2010. So what would that be? 13 years ago now. And it's, wow. they've been building it up since then and have put this whole thing together. Uh, the students are amped on engineering, embracing pegboards and circuits. They're wired with the prospect of using science and math to make imagination come to life. No, I didn't make that up. I read it off the press release. What else do we I, have? You know, I thought that sounded like fun. I wish <laughs> yeah. I would have had that. No, I didn't have <laughs> yeah, science no, it really does. Yeah. It really does. <laughs> it's amazing. According to this, Home Depot will be there to fix up your virtual house in the metaverse. 
Well, I mean, you know, why not, right? Sure. I guess if you have a house in the metaverse and you need repairs or you want to get new doors and windows, go to Home Depot. So I think what's going on here is they're talking about having it available through the metaverse. But it's interesting. Home Depot last fall filed a number of trademarks and other things for software and a variety of interconnected virtual reality and digital platforms with online personas and stuff like that, where people can log in and interact the same way that they would with a video game. Hmm. So if you need Home Depot, uh, you know, it's out there in the metaverse. There's other companies that are buying into this too, a number of restaurants and different things like that. And when you may ask, well, why would that make sense in the metaverse? Because what you're actually doing is ordering in the metaverse, but you're still getting real food delivered by DoorDash or whoever they use. Hey, you know, think about it this way with this metaverse thing with Home Depot, they could teach classes. Yeah. Yeah, you know. That, that'd be cool. I mean, there's then, there's then, all then kinds people, of things yeah. you can think of uh, uh, doing with that. So, I mean, it actually does make sense in some ways. It's a little weird from one standpoint, but uh, they're saying that this is going to be the year of the metaverse. Now, last year was the year of the robot, which actually did very much prove to be true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm a little bit more skeptical, but we'll see what happens. Southwest cancels most flights and gives up. Yeah, so that headline I thought was kind of funny. It comes from a blogging site called OneMileAtAtime.com and uh, where they talk about all of this kind of stuff. And we're going to go into a lot more detail on this a little bit later in the show on what actually happened. But on December 25th, Christmas Day, Southwest had issues with 90% of its flights and it canceled 42% of them and delayed 48%. The next day, the day after Christmas, it was 87% of their flights and they canceled 71% of them. And then this kind of thing went on where it was over 2,000 flights a day canceled through the end of the month. And then this week they had another big problem that caused them to ground flights again. So they're having some issues and we're going to talk about this and how technology is a culprit of it a little bit later in the show. New shock absorbing gel can withstand supersonic impacts. Really, that could be interesting for certain applications. Oh, yeah. That makes that non-Newtonian fluid stuff look kind of tame by comparison <laughs> yeah I, I would say so it's uh, you know it's interesting because this is a gel that can absorb kinetic energy yeah so what they're talking about here is an application of a number of different things i mean i don't think we have jetpacks and flew out fly around at supersonic speeds yet maybe we do who knows but the thing of it is is what they are really looking at is being able to absorb kinetic energy for things like body armor for soldiers in the field and that type of a thing can oh. be a real benefit. Yeah. Add on to it, you know. Mm-hmm. So these, you know, this is where it is. Plus, some of the other things from a civilian standpoint is the idea of, you know, if you drop your phone, you don't want it to break. So this might be an extra layer of protection from that mm-hmm. front as well. But some of the applications go beyond this planet where they're talking about where it might be useful for doing things like capturing space debris. Oh, that oh like yeah, that. yeah. Maybe cleaning you know? up the um the stratosphere. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of a thing. Or yeah. shock absorbing benefits when you drive your car into somebody else or in your shoes. Mm. You know, uh-huh. yeah. So a lot of different uh, potential applications and some things that maybe go well beyond that. So kind of an interesting product. So we'll see where this ends up going and how they're going to be able to make this applicable at scale because that's always a thing. But uh, it's kind of interesting to see these kind of technologies coming to life. The race to make electric cars cheaper is making electric cars more expensive. So it would seem like this is having an alternate effect to what they would like it to do, if I'm understanding that correctly. Yeah. So, you know, 
problem here is there is a finite supply of lithium and these things run off of lithium batteries. Mm -hmm. So that is a problem. Another part of it is, is most electric vehicles are being focused on the luxury market right now. There's oh. a few that aren't like the Nissan Leaf would be one, but the majority of them, certainly a Tesla or something like the GMC Hummer EV mm. are definitely even the Ford F-150 Lightning pickup. You know, which that alone starts at $56,000. So you're dealing with something here where there's already a price tag, but because some of the materials they're requiring for this, at least right now, are coming up in price, raw materials being specific, it is causing them to cost more. Just as a, for example, the price of lithium has gone up 500% in the last year. <sighs> wow. Tesla autopilot leads police on a chase after a driver falls asleep. Bad AI. Okay, so, so I'm wondering, was the AI going, oh, hey, here's my chance. You know, you know. You so know, what one happened? has to wonder, and it's kind of funny to think about it that way, but uh, you know, what happened here is a, a police car was trying to stop a Tesla, uh -huh. and the driver was obviously asleep, according to what the police said. So they <laughs> put on their lights and their sirens, and the car sped up to about 63 miles an hour. Really? <laughs> Wow. And ran them on a chase and uh, they finally <laughs> were able to get it stopped. But, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. And, you know, I, my understanding, I'm not a lawyer or anything, but I do know from everything I've read on this, you are responsible for what your car does, even if it's in automatic driving mode. So <laughs> uh -oh. that's just wrong. <laughs> oh, dear. That was kind of funny. Disguising solar panels as ancient Roman tiles in Pompeii. Yeah, so a lot of people think, myself included in some cases, that these are ugly. Solar panels are these big things, but they don't have to be. And they're coming up with different designs where, in this particular instance, they're disguised as Roman tiles, terracotta bricks, to match the skyline in that area. So if you have a solar roof, you can't tell. It just looks like everybody else. There isn't this thing that stands out. So definitely something that's very interesting to see how a lot of the development of this stuff is going in a little bit of a different direction. And I still think solar power is really a good thing. It's just, we've got a lot of development we need to do to really get it to something that works and is really carbon neutral where you don't have to throw the panels away and all the other hmm. stuff that goes along with it. The electricity is clean, but you know, there you are. All right. Got a great show for you. We'll be back after the break. Have you seen him? He's from the This is User-Friendly 2.0. Joining us now, reporter Chaz Wellington, also our cybersecurity expert. He is in Las Vegas at the Consumer Electronics Show. Chaz, welcome. Thanks, Bill. I just got off on a phenomenal ride uh, at the Las Vegas Convention Center. I took the Las Vegas Loop by the Boring Tunnel and a Tesla. What an oh, my goodness. That must have been a blast. <laughs> it was. It was. I mean... And how could be? You park at Resource World, you go inside, you go down the escalator, you get in a Tesla, you go through the tunnel, and you're at the convention center. I mean, it's that quick.
Hey Bill, we're off the floor at the Venetian and we're here at the Venetian Hotel with Michael Murray, Chief Executive Officer of Coppin Corporation. OLED Micro Display, they are building the future of the metaverse for AR, VR, and MR. And I'm going to give uh, Michael a chance to tell us a little bit about his company and the history. Great. Well, thanks very much. I appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with us today. So Copen is a 35-year-old company, 30 years on the NASDAQ, traded under KOPN. Um, I'm a new CEO taking over for Dr. John Finn, who is the founder. Uh, the company was founded at MIT Lincoln Labs, spun out. Uh, and developed transi transistors as well as new OLED type of technologies, AMLCD, uh, and micro LED type of technologies for AR, MR type of applications. We also have a huge defense market uh, that we currently serve with those technologies and more optical assemblies. And uh, currently we're focused in on uh, driving the AR, VR, metaverse uh, market towards um, a higher degree of performance, lower cost, and better user ability for, uh, for our customers. What do you see for the future of your company? I think for the near term, mainly focusing in inward, looking at our return on invested capital, uh, making sure that our balance sheet is clean, uh, that we have enough cash runway for the investments that we want to make in the future. I also see that there's a, a large opportunity in the AR, VR marketplace for, for Copen um, in the enterprise market. Uh, as well as a very significant opportunity for Copen in the defense market with IVAS systems as an example and the heads-up displays that we're currently shipping into rotary helicopter as well as the most advanced warfighting machine, the F-35. So I think there's tremendous opportunities for Copen in that marketplace. That's what's paying the bills and will continue to pay the bills for 2023 and 24. But we definitely want to make sure that we're still in the consumer market and focused on uh, making sure that the metaverse is successful. And that's why you're seeing some of the announcements that you are today with our partnership with Lakeside. The spin out of Ellis Silicon is really there to make sure that Copen's uh, uh, vested and able to support and drive the uh, consumer marketplace uh, for the metaverse in the future. In your opinion, what do the consumers get to look forward to for the most part in the next few years? Well, I think, I think it's really the adoption rate is going to be there. Right now, the AR, VR, metaverse, it, it's a great solution that lacks a problem. And really that problem is the application. Why do you want to use it? And I think folks like Apple, Meta, uh, and some of the other um, bigger companies that are out there are going to solve that problem this year or next. When they do, then it becomes more about, okay, the user experience. How does that user experience make you feel? Why do you want to use it and how will it be used? Um, anything that you put on your physical body needs to be very much uniform to how it fits with you, how you use it, especially optics. If you wear glasses, as an example, you know as soon as you put on a pair of glasses if it's not your own. Right. Right. Yep. AR, VR, Metaverse is going to be very similar. It needs to be that ubiquitous. And I think that's what uh, I see happening in the next three years is not only is the cost going to come down because of these 12 inch wafer fabs being stood up, but also the user experience in that um, environment where you can use the technology more like you would use just a pair of glasses today as opposed to a larger device that sits on your head that isn't necessarily user friendly. I understand. Okay, well, thanks for your time, and I hope you enjoy CES 2023, and we look forward to uh, your announcements and uh, your time here at CES. Wonderful. Thanks very much. Thank you, sir.
Chaz, that was an amazing interview with Cope, and I bet you had a lot of fun talking to them. I did. I learned a lot about the metaverse and what's coming uh, than I had known previously, and AR and VR as well. You know, they're saying that 2023 is going to be the year of the metaverse, and 2022 was the year of the robot, which it didn't disappoint on that. And I hear you got to talk to somebody working in robotics. Absolutely. I had a, a I have an upcoming an interview with Droidy Incorporated. They build uh, robots for children's education. Great company. Oh, that sounds great. Well, let's make it upcoming right now. Here's the Here's the interview. Yes, Bill, we're here back at CES 2023, part of it being held at the Las Vegas Convention Center, but also at the Venetian Expo. And we are here with Elnaz Saraf with Roybe Incorporated. She is the founder and CEO of Roybe Robots. And she's going to give us a little bit of background and tell us a little bit about her product. Hi, Jess. Thank you. I'm very excited to speak with you today at CES 2023. Uh, Roybe Robot is an educational robot. Uh, for kids ages between 3 to 8. We have language learning content teaches four languages, English, Chinese, Spanish, and French. It comes with over 1,000 lessons, and also it has an application for parents and educators so they can also see the progress of the child on the application. We are available in major retail stores, and it is also available on our website, roybirobot.com. Also, what we are launching today at CES is our Roybe 2.0, which we are very excited about, is an entertainment metaverse for kids. It is going to be available on VR headsets uh, this year, early, uh, about like first quarter, and also on the PC and applications. The kids can go inside the world, go around. We have library, Jurassic Park, aviation sector, and we're also bringing some partners uh, for the quality content. Wonderful. What do you see for the future of Roybe Incorporated? We want every child to have access to our educational content. We are really working hard to have a quality educational content for kids of all ages. And we are excited to uh, give this opportunity to children to come to the world and uh, learn and also play uh, with the metaverse. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy CES 2023. And best of luck with your company. Thank you. As I do think robotics are the way of the future and having something like that, especially something that children can relate to, is just amazing, important, and I'm glad to hear it's happening. You know, have a little friend next door at the same time. So having that connection is good mystery. Great show, CES, every year. Going to check it out eventually. Check out our new website, userfriendlyshow.com. We will be back after the break.
Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. Send us your questions and your comments, userfriendlyshow.com. Got a new website for you to check out. We're going to be talking about that a little later in the show. We're even going to be having call-in pretty soon. So this will be something very interesting that we haven't done before. Hey, got to have something new in 10 years, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Bad Batch Season 2 is out. Star Wars Bad Batch Season 2 on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Yes. And, and they've, wh- they've dropped two episodes, two brand new episodes for you to watch. And my first overall reaction is... Omega is Boba Fett's sister. That is the okay. best way to, I could, I mean, when you first see that first episode of the new ones, you're going to go, yep, that's Boba Fett's sister. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So it's a new season. There are uh, 16 episodes for this season. Uh, every Wednesday is a new episode. And we've got, um, it looks like there's a small time jump between, between last season and now. Yeah. But there's they've they've repainted their armor so they don't look exactly like they used to. Omega's a little bit older, a little yeah. more grown up, which is nice. Kind of like what they did with Ezra Bridger. Mm-hmm. So we, we you know we've got a lot more uh, trying to get ahead and trying to stay out of the the Empire's radar. But I think the Empire thinks they're dead. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of action. This yes. the, these two episodes. If you're really in for that mission and action and and just things happening, you're going to really enjoy this. I I don't know. I, I, I look at these cartoons and I'm going, wow, these, these are, are amazing. These are better than the, pre, than the, the sequel than, movies. Than the sequel like, oh, movies, man. Yeah. I think somebody needs to applaud uh, Dave Filoni or give him some kind of award or something. Absolutely. Because he and his team of people have obviously worked really hard on these. And, you know, you're not alone in that opinion if you just – read and talk to people around a lot of people seem to be appreciating this some of the things that they're doing here and the cartoons just as much if not more in some cases yeah than some of the other things it um is interesting to see that because you know there's this idea that a cartoon's for kids and you uh mm-hmm. put it in that plane but i know from what i've seen the storylines and the way that it's done is very respectable and very enjoyable and again in my opinion too i agree with you better than some of the full-length movies yeah um, you know. the, the acting, the artwork, um, let's see. And I'm trying to think of anything that, that we could share that isn't going to be a, um, what do you call it? A spoiler. A spoiler. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, okay. They have announced more cameos for this, for the season. Oh yeah. So we're going to see Captain Rex again. We're going to see Commander Cody and find out how he dealt with the uh, Order 66. Okay, I've been wanting to see what happened to uh, Commander Cody. And apparently Palpatine is going to be on screen. Really? Yes. Oh. And then, then of course, our our favorite young Wookiee Jedi, Gunji. Yeah, and these aren't spoilers because they were in the trailer. So yeah. We're all cool. <laughs> okay, so then that's cool. I I didn't know that. So Gunji's going to be in there. Now Palpatine, you know, is, of course, a, a clone or, no, what was he? A, a, something or other in the last movie. I'm still what? not sure. I, 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 no, didn't, I didn't watch that last movie, so it didn't happen. Yeah, it, we're not talking about sequels. <laughs> we're, not, we're not in the sequel era yet. Yeah. So yeah. he's still an original person. Although very, okay, so in very the, evil. In the, what you're saying is in the Bad Batch, it makes sense for Palpatine to be there. Yes. Yeah, because this is okay. this is this is right <laughs> after General Order 66. These guys are trying to make their way in a in a galaxy that is completely turned upside down. Yes. You know, they were oh. made to be soldiers for the Galactic Republic, and now they find what they were designed for doesn't make sense. Yep. 
And um, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it's, it, you know, that, that's got to be a head spinner. You know? No, that sounds that sounds interesting. So what do you think? Are, are we going to get uh, some more uh, seasons of some of the other things that came out last year? I know there were a number of episodes. I know Mandalorian's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's uh, later this year. There's going to be other things like uh, Andor is going to get it season two. We, mm-hmm. we know Ahsoka is coming, yeah, so there's a whole bunch exciting. of stuff there. And then there's two things that I don't know a whole lot about called the Skeleton Crew and the Acolyte. Oh, so I've heard more, about the Acolyte. I know. We've got more I, stuff coming. They so. actually are going to force the Acolyte? I thought that I was canceled. I don't know. Okay. Just, these are things that they've announced. And, okay. Because well, we all know in the entertainment world, until it actually happens, you don't know what to expect sometimes. That's but, true. Uh, yeah, and then you know, there were uh, so many things going wrong with the Acolyte, and it was like, it didn't sound like it made any sense. It sounded like goofy nonsense. So if, if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to be depressed. Yeah, it's going to be and, true. You know, we'll see. And hey, if it does happen, maybe it'll be pretty good. Maybe they'll fix it. It depends on who's involved and what they're doing and who's doing it. And yeah. I know you're making that face, but you've always got to keep some kind of a positive uh, no, you know, outlook. No, no. Uh, maybe not. All right, on that note, this is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Have you seen him? He's from the future. He's got a really big computer. And he uses it, uses it every day. And he uses it, uses it in every way. Have you seen him? He's from the future. He's got a really Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. We're going to dive a little deeper into this week's Tech Wednesday. We were talking about what happened with Southwest over the holidays. <laughs> and as I said in the article and on the Tech Wednesday segment, I really feel for anybody that got stuck in this because it was a mess. Now, this all started with a massive storm that hit a good portion of the country, knocked everything out of whack. That kind of thing's to be expected. They can't fly. A number of airlines canceled flights like to the tune of a lot. And then coming out of the ice storm, things started, the snowstorms and stuff, things started to get cleared up for the other airlines, except for our friends at Southwest. Now, it's interesting because I look back at the Southwest has kind of always been my go-to airline. When my dad was still alive and would fly for work and stuff, he used them for many years. So did I. So did a lot of us. Yeah. And yeah. then it seems like... I used about to really 20... like them. Yeah, there was yeah. a... Che- so, yeah. So, it was so, a, so did I. I mean... Yeah. It was a cheap flight and it went it went to the places we needed to go. And the people were nice and mm-hmm. the airplane seemed like it was okay and comfortable. Right. And then yep. something changed. And then 2015 changed. happened. Yeah. It was yeah. like... It, that was the situation. And we started noticing a lot of changes with this after that. And uh, like you say, the... One thing of it is, is Southwest started a program, they have a name for it that sounds all very happy and stuff, but basically what it was is squeeze more chairs into the plane. And they did this, and it really made the legroom small. So if you've never flown on Southwest, it's a little different setup than most airlines in that you don't have assigned seats, and you don't have a first-class section. Everything's basically just the same throughout the plane. Now, there's advantages to that. You can get on, and if you you know get on the right uh, point in the cattle call, you'll probably get a good seat. If you don't, you won't. So that's how that's worked, and that's how that's worked for many years. 
There's been different variations on it. They used to have these plastic cards. I remember a number of years ago you would get. Now yep. it's all done electronically. Right. But at the end of the day, it's a very similar situation. So if they can fit a few more people in the plane, they can make more money. The only problem is, is your knees were in your nose. Well, and it's, and it's so uncomfortable. I remember the last flight I had, it was actually painful. Uh, this was yeah. during when we were still required to wear masks. And, you know, so we're all trying to be polite and thoughtful of each other. And it felt very different. And then on top of it, the chairs were so close together. I felt like I was constantly squeezing myself towards myself so I wouldn't infringe on the person next to me. It, it was yeah. really uncomfortable. It was. Yeah, we started to see changes. Now, this isn't just our opinion. Southwest actually issued a statement. You can find it on their website about two years ago that they're no longer going with that program, but they're also not taking it off of the planes that already have it until they come up for a remodel. So you might find some planes with tighter seats and all that kind of stuff, but that's you know neither here nor there. That was happening. But then we get to this last weekend, what actually happened. And what it comes down to is a situation of lack of investment in their technology and old technology. And that's what seems to have created this situation. The system that they have in place did not have the ability to accommodate for the weather disruptions. So what they ended up with a situation was is their crews were out of place. So the like the flight attendant and pilot and all that kind of stuff were in the wrong airport, wrong spot. Planes were in the wrong spot. They couldn't get it back together very well. And as a result, they just started canceling flights to the tune of over 2,500 a day. Wow. For five days. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's that's intense. Unprecedented. People are stuck at airports. There's been some talk that people have died. And, you know, there was a gentleman uh, due to this flight disruption. I'm not blaming this on Southwest necessarily, but it was just a thing overall that had gotten called up for a heart transplant in Seattle and he lost his transplant because he couldn't get there in time due to these problems. Oh, geez. And yep. so, you know, it, it really creates some situations, not to mention all the holidays that were ruined for everybody and all the rest of it. And there's still lost luggage. There's still problems to this day. And then this week, their system broke down again and grounded flights. And again, what seems to be the cause of this is a situation of lack of investment in technology. Their equipment, their software was not able to accommodate for this. They are even reports of crew members. And again, this is unverified, but it's out there on Twitter and things like that. It seems that enough people have reported it that worked for them, that they were on hold something like 10 hours. These are the employees of the airline just trying to get to their scheduling department to figure out where they were supposed to be. That's crazy. And, you know, again... These type of situations, this is a really, really kind of high profile example of it. But when you don't keep your technology up to date, especially if you're a business, it can create all kinds of problems and problems that you absolutely don't want. Now, to a lesser scenario, maybe not as visible, maybe for smaller businesses, but these are situations where it's a lot easier to get hacked, lose your client information because the security software is out of date. Yep. The other thing of it is, is the ability to even give a good product to your customers. For many, many people, the first thing they see from your business is going to be your website. Even before they step into a store or talk to you on the phone or anything else, that is your window to the world. And if your software is out of date and you can't offer modern things, or it's slow, or it doesn't work right, or those type of situations, or worse than that, someone gets in and steals information off of it. Yeah. It can be really a bad thing. And, yeah, like, you know, the situation here is it does cost a lot of money. It's a huge investment IT for most businesses. 
This has come down a little bit with the invent of the cloud hosting and those type of things. You don't have to necessarily buy servers and things as much, but you're still going to be spending money to keep things up to date. And to really work with this, what you need to do is a long-term plan for keeping your equipment current, all of that kind of stuff. So your spend is broken down a little bit this year, a little bit next year. Then that way it's not so much all at once. And you can kind of have an idea of where you're going to need to be at this point, at that point, at that point, and keep things together. Now, the life expectancy of most hardware is about three years. <laughs> Software, it depends on if it's updated or not. It can go longer or shorter. Yeah. So, you know, from that type of a standpoint, you need to be looking at these things and figuring out where you want to be and how your business wants to look to the world and really what your needs are. And if you have something that requires computers to function, which is most of us now, yes, you definitely want to take it into consideration and not have a meltdown like Southwest did that really it's going to upset your customers. It's going to cause all kinds of problems. They're even being investigated by the government yeah, you, over I, this whole thing. I would think that a lot of people would never fly with them again. I know I was unhappy about the squeezy seats. I think if um, I had been on the holiday trip, I probably would be thinking twice too. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people feel that way. So, you know, we'll see where this goes, but it's definitely something to think about if you're a business owner or involved in that, see what you can do, see where your tech's at and keep it up to date. This is user friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Have you seen him? He's from the future. He's got a really big computer and he uses it, uses it. This is user-friendly 2.0. Fun show this week. Great season opener. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of things that are coming up. I'm going to have to check out Bad Batch now, which means I'm going to have to turn Disney Plus back on because I had, yep. with the price increase, I haven't had it on for a while. Maybe hmm. I'll get it for a month and just binge watch it when the oh, rest yeah. of the episodes Watch Andor and a whole bunch of other things. <laughs> yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to find the time to do that. You know, hey, it's fun that CES is around. I actually one year want to get to that. It just this year wasn't the year for us to do it again. And we couldn't last year. So we'll try for next. But I'm, I'm glad Chaz was able to get to it yeah. and cover it for us. He always does such an amazing thing. And, you know, our other story about old tech. Well, Southwest isn't the only one. Our websites needed to be updated for a while now. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Now we, in in defense, we did keep the old one current. I mean, it was secure and everything like that, but it was definitely starting to age out. So we want to invite you to check out the new one. We just got it launched on the new year, and it's actually modern now. It looks like it was written recently. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks really. We pretty. actually have a lot of new. Yeah, it's pretty. I like the way that it turned out, and the other part of it is is we now have all of our content available. You can go on there and on-demand play anything from the past five years with user-friendly 2.0, gaming in-depths on there, our Tech Wednesday every week, our flash briefings, the articles we write, all of that kind of stuff. So there, we're going to be putting the material out from season one, uh, as well as our first season, some other things like that. Eventually, that'll be a little bit later this year. The website's going to allow you to call in and be a part of our show. And there's a number of other features that are going to be out there as well, which are just going to be really cool. We also have an app coming up later this year that's uh, going to be part of a number of other things that I think will actually be useful. 
So, you know, it's just, a, it's a year for new tech for us. It's our 10th anniversary. We started in 2013. We were on the air in Reno with that first season in 2014, you know, so it's amazing that it has been 10 years already and we're still here. And the other thing I have to point out is our amazing crew. You know, the three of us are the original hosts. Bill Snodgrass yep. is our uh, editor and producer. Yep. Molly Bell has been our assistant and putting everything together and making sure we sound right, which makes her a genius. Uh, I mean, you know, at the end mm. of the day, it's good to have our people. And we've obviously gotten some great new people. Steve Naylor's still with us, Jazz Wellington, Yavor covering things in Europe. But I don't know. It's been a lot of fun. And this is part of the reason why our website got out of date a little bit is because, to be honest, I didn't think we were going to be here this mm. long. <laughs> but I love our audience. I mean, it's you guys and your feedback that keeps us going and knowing what you like and don't like. And it's just it makes it a lot of fun to do this every week. But 10 years. Yep. That's a long it's time. It's just absolutely a long amazing. Time to do something I originally didn't want to do. <laughs> yeah, I know. We literally had to pull you into that studio kicking and dragging. I remember it was, uh, or kicking and screaming. You weren't screaming, but no. definitely it was not what you wanted to do that yeah. day. So, hey, check out our season five. <laughs> and all this year, we're going to be keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User Friendly 2.0 is copyright 2023 User Friendly Media Group, Inc. All rights reserved. Views expressed on this show are those of the hosts and not necessarily user-friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting and technology provided by WeAreTechnology.com. Listen at TheAnswerPortland.com, userfriendlyshow.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts.